Maybe that's one of the ways. You, well, maybe that's one of the ways you'll entertain me when I'm in the nursing home. It's like, here, listen to this. Remember when we did that? Remember when we did this, Mom? Yeah, just bring me a chocolate milkshake too when you do it. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Hey, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Your On Mute, Pastor Elise and Pastor Mary coming at you today. What's going on, Mom? Hey everybody, it's good to uh, it's good to have you on today. Um, Elise and I've had uh, some good times together this week uh, via Zoom or telephone, uh, <laughs> talking about uh, what we'd like to talk about today, and um, kind of came up with the with the idea um, while we had many uh, to talk about sharing our highs and lows. Some of you probably do this in Sunday school class, or, um, I know some people that, that do it during church council meetings, or, you know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a little icebreaker sort of how checking in with everybody. So the idea is everybody shares, uh, one high and one low from whatever the week, the day, what have you. I used to do this with uh, confirmation kids, and mm-hmm. especially in this one congregation where I had a whole lot of boys that had a lot of middle school energy. And uh, of course, they were always ready for this. They, they had really been thinking about what their highs and their lows were. And mm-hmm. uh, so they would come in after school and we'd gather around and I'd say, okay, let's share your highs and lows. Who wants to go? And, you know, all these hands would go up. And I remember this one kid one time says, "Um, I have two lows, three highs, and one comment. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like this written down in the minutes. That's right. It was almost like that. Uh, It was amazing how many kids would say, this is my high and no, I don't have a low. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or they just, they were just too young to know that they did have lows. have a low. (laughs) <laughs> well, most of the highs and most of the lows had something to do with some school grade. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, some recess, like, yes, something. What's the, I can't think of anything. Recess, uh, trauma, drama, interaction, trauma, drama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing at camp too. I know at Luther rock, we would do highs and lows. I know the counselors did that with their kids a lot at the end of the day. We would do a high, low, and a God moment. And mm. it was really hard to define God moment being different than a high. Right. So, like, if their high was like, well, I had a great time on the ropes course today, you know, it's like, and then you'd be like, well, what was your God moment? Oh, no, I really uh, like the ropes course today. Course today. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, well. Well, okay, sure. You know, I well, mean, so did you like, guys, de- so did you guys define God moment or did you just throw oh, it out course. there? Yeah. So oh, what'd yeah. You say? Well, we would say, you know, God moment is like kind of one of those epiphany moments of like, oh, God is here, you know, God mm-hmm. is present or just kind of being like in awe of something. And mm-hmm. um, so it's like, you know, if you could explain why, the ropes course was your God moment. It was acceptable. <laughs> you know, yeah, was like, like I was up there and I saw the mountain and I thought about God. I thought about God and God's <laughs> creation and how awesome it was. And then I got the bravery to jump off the thing. And 
you know, I don't know where that bravery came from. It's like, well, that's your God moment. So, yeah, well, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of work and practice to talk about God moments, right? Oh yeah. Big time. And of course, you know, even though they're at a Christian summer camp, talking about God is so dorky. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, you know, they're still kind of like, well, you know, I'm, you know, it's like, God's pretty cool, I guess. You know? <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I guess my God moment was like, you know, looking up at the mountains and stuff. <laughs> like, good job, guys. Good job. You yeah. got it. I know. Mm-hmm. Practice, practice, practice. Gosh, yeah. well, think, think of the number of, adult, of adults who can't do that either. Oh, I know. When I think about <laughs> doing I- that in church council and see what would happen. <laughs> Oh, I've tried. I've, um, I tried doing that in, uh, like for a devotion at a council meeting and everyone just like looked at me like, what? I was going to say that was brave. Like I I have done that. I've done that too, but it's tough for people. Rookie mistake. But, uh, yeah, anytime I try to do some kind of interactive activity, I'm not used to it. Doesn't usually go over well. Like they'll be like, oh, well that's clever. But then they're like, I don't want to do it. <laughs> it's like, um, okay, okay, great. But uh it's but like yeah, public so. dis- public displays of religion. You know, I mean they only want to <laughs> do certain kinds. Exactly. You know, they'll yeah, they'll yeah. Ne- they'll kneel, you know, for confession or mm-hmm. something like that and mm-hmm. do all this other, but that's kind of you know, not talking out loud about it, I guess. Right, or, or getting or getting personal in any way or anything like that. But We're yeah, and then cry. Or sorry, you guys. <laughs> um, there's no crying in council. Uh, just <laughs> just on the inside. <laughs> on the inside. There's usually crying in the car right on the way home from council. <laughs> but um, but no, and then uh, another podcast I listened to called Laughter Permitted with Julie Foudy, who's a soccer player, uh, women's soccer player from the 99 World Cup team. She does with her guests something called High Low Cheer, where oh, what's that? They give the high of their career, the low of their career, and then someone they kind of want to shout out for like oh. help, like helping them, you know? So a lot of times, uh, the, the athletes she has on or the people she has on, will will talk about like their parents or their favorite coach or, you know, a teammate that really like kind of helped them through. And, and it is funny when they say of your career and like, there's women that come on this podcast who have been in their career for 30 years. And they're just like, God, I have to choose like one thing <laughs> right. the last 30 years and uh, one person to cheer for. Oh my God. And apparently uh, Julie Foudy does that with her kids at dinner every night. They do a high, low cheer of the day. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, some people says, call it, some people call it a thorn and a rose, but I don't like yeah. that thorn in a rose yeah so but um but yeah so high low cheer is is a thing um as as well which is kind of cool but i like the cheer part because that that helps people to think about who's given them a hand up leg up Mm -hmm. um inspiration have been mentors to them oh yeah big time big time yeah Yeah. and and it's it's a it's a it's a blessing when you can't narrow it down yeah. You know? <laughs> when you're like, oh, there's just so many people that have helped me. I got to like right. gotta think about this for a little while. So and if, and if you cool. can't think of anybody, that's really bad. Yeah. You're probably not a very successful person if you can't think of anyone. 
either that or you're super egotistical where you think it's all about you and that you've done it all yourself. Know a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. Worked so with that, a few of those. <laughs> that can happen too. In, in the well, past. so how about we share some highs and lows from whenever I'm mainly thinking about like the last couple of weeks or actually just mm. since January one, seems like a lot of stuff has happened. So um, just the last month, huh? Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, yeah. you don't want to, you don't want to go back like 10 years to you. Well, no. And if we did like high lows of our ministry, I only have two years to think. I of. know it's not an even challenge. No, it's not, <laughs> not an even <laughs> challenge at all. All right. Well, you go first. So we want to do lows first so that we end on highs. Yes, that would be great. Okay. So okay. If we're, if we're going from, um, if we're going from like January 1st forward into 2022, so far, I would say my, I have a low that my Christmas decorations are still up. <laughs> now, <laughs> this is typical in the Anderson household because uh my do you really husband, think a public public like, shout out will 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 do no, anything no, <laughs> nothing changes it so uh because my husband likes to suck all of the joy out of christmas by just like never getting around to taking the decorations <laughs> down my low on top of that one is that i you would think well just do it yourself well no that won't work because he has a certain way everything has to be packed away and mm. he has certain things that he repairs and takes care of as he puts them all back in their little boxes <laughs> so no so i have this i've taken all the decorations off the tree and put them on trays which is what i do and uh so i've got this super dead tree uh, in the living room with the lights on it, etc. I think he might. You guys, it you guys aren't still turning the lights on. Are no, you? no. Okay, that's a that's fire just hazard. depressing. Yeah, that's no, a fire that's hazard. Just, right. So anyway, that's one low. But that doesn't have anything to do with ministry, except that it probably uh, makes me depressed. You know, by the time I go to work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <no> pressure. Um. <laughs> I also thought that another low that occurred to me, uh, and this really is a, this really is about ministry and, um, this may get into some of the generational differences because maybe, maybe folks just don't, or pastors just don't do this thing anymore, mm -hmm. but I like never gather with my colleagues anymore. I mm. mean, Part of that, I think, is COVID, yes. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we're not Zooming with each other either. Mm -mm. Um, and, you know, I'm getting together with plenty of other people and small and large groups and all of that. Um, but uh, just, you know, especially back in the 80s and 90s, uh, it felt like, you know, for sure, once a month, I always had sort of the local Lutheran pastors got together and then, mm -hmm. and then maybe once a month or a little bit more than that, just sort of this ecumenical group would come together. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, that was just sort of the local, you know, Episcopal priest and the Presbyterian guy and the Catholic guy and the AME guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. it would be, we'd be more focused on our particular community. Yeah. And, and what we could do together. And the, you know, the, the Lutheran gathering might be um, pastors and deacons and other folks that were um, kind of in your um, greater geographical area. But I just, I never see anybody anymore. And, you know, it, um, sometimes those things could be boring, I guess. And you sort of felt like, and they, these weren't pericope groups. These weren't, although some people do those where they get together on Monday and have coffee and say, oh, you know, here are the lessons for Sunday. Let's talk about them together. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's kind of a sermon prep group a little bit. I never Mm -hmm. really was part of one of those very much in my career, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. Do you, um, is that something that your generation of pastors do, or is everybody just kind of listening to podcasts and maybe, maybe huddling with like-minded pastors or same age pastors or something like that? Am I missing something? No, I think, I think a lot of how, um, like, at least if I'm, if I'm thinking about like seminary colleagues and friends, um, it, a lot of it happens on like social media, right. Uh We'll, we'll have like a closed group. That's just us. And people will vent or, or ask questions or, you know, things like that. Um, but also, I mean, I think, I, I, I definitely think COVID has played a big part of it. Um, like I know, in the short time I was here before the pandemic really started shutting things down, I would meet up with a few of the other female pastors from around town, different denominations. Um, uh, and we would just kind of chat or, or I was, you know, just kind of trying to get, it was also easy. Cause I was like, Hey, I'm new, you know, want to come grab coffee with me. And so, right. um, and we still communicate, you know, via text group and, and things like that. But, um, the only really official thing that's ever scheduled is our deanery meetings, um, which are very old school. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, for those who don't know, a deanery is like a smaller region within your synod. So like for us in the Southeastern Synod, we cover four states. So their synod does. There's yeah. So like. Um, we have kind of a regional smaller group that's led by a dean, um, uh, which is a, just one, a pastor in the area who's kind of appointed to that or voted in. I don't mm-hmm. really know how that works. And, mm-hmm. and then it, they're, they're kind of responsible for gathering everyone else, you know, once a quarter, sometimes it's once a month um, for just kind of a check-in lunch, short worship service. Um, I, I have no issue with the people in my deanery. I think they're all lovely. Um, but I don't really find it useful or um, fun or, <laughs> I, I know I can, <laughs> you know, I, it's, I know what it's, you mean. It's, you know, for one thing, I'm the only woman. Um, I'm the youngest, the next, the, the next person above me is Stan, my co-pastor. Mm-hmm. And he's, uh, 29, no, 25 years older than me. And so I'm the youngest by 25 years. Um, not to mention there aren't a lot of ELCAs 
congregations in this region were one of two in Chattanooga. Um, and then our dean, who is the next closest Lutheran church, ELCA church, is down in Georgia, North Georgia, which is about 35, 40 minutes away. And so at best, we get like three people at these things. Um, and then, of course, at you know, best, like, at best, you get three people. I mean, you know, we can maybe get some more, but so I guess I shouldn't have said it best, but um, I mean, the last one, they ended up canceling because only two people could go. Um, and so that shows you the it's not a priority. No, for people. and and also the other only other ELCA pastor in Chattanooga who's currently working is quarter time at his congregation. And the rest of the time he's a chaplain at the hospital. So his schedule is not conducive for like middle of the Wednesday, you know, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Right. And then so there's four of us who are actively leading congregations. And then one of them is my, my co-pastor. So like, we don't really feel the need to like, we like, we chat daily. (laughs) Um, And then the other two or three are retired pastors who do the deanery to kind of stay involved, but there are (laughs) also because they were used to it. And they probably, they feel obligated and they probably like, well, you know what you said about, but there are parishioners. So like, God, it's not, it's, it's not a safe space for Stan or myself. (laughs) If you can't vent, why go? (laughs) Yeah, we can't, we can't vent about what's going on in our congregation because three prominent members of our congregation are sitting there with us and they're all like, they all get it. I mean, they're retired pastors, but at the same time you know, it's just, it's just not appropriate. Yeah, it is that. Yeah. So, you know, that's really the only like official thing that gets scheduled. Um, and I, I, I just, Mm -hmm. I don't like it. Well, thanks for making my low even lower. You're Um, welcome. (laughs) Well, what's interesting is you, you know, the way that you described your deanery meeting as you being the only woman being significantly younger than that's the same way I was. Mm-hmm. In 1983. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> wow, so oh, nothing changed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it just went even lower. <laughs> but it's kind of like Dante's have... levels of hell. <laughs> I will say, cross denominationally, I have a solid group of like five other women who are at least only like five to 10 years older than me. That's pretty um, good. I think I'm still the youngest. There might be one other person that's younger, but um, somebody has to be. Yeah. So at least cross-denominationally, there's a solid group of female pastors um, and, you know, just kind of faith leaders in general that I can, I can gab with, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, ELCA wise, we are, we are lacking. Right. That's the pits. Well, yeah. And so, you know, we can get off my low, but I, you know, uh, you know, I just don't see people even in our synod through South Carolina. There just are no are no gatherings. Like I said, I guess the only mm-hmm. thing I have is that uh, about once every two months, those of us who are interim pastors um, gather on Zoom. But basically, yeah, we check in with each other, but it's guided by the bishop. And then she is always educating us about some 
some part of the transitional manual. Mm. So, Fun. you know, yeah. <sighs> who doesn't want to go through a manual in their spare time? <laughs> I know. Just and this like and this blast. and then, uh, next week we get to go through a part of the manual that doesn't even affect us. So, whoa, lucky you! I know. So oh. it's just apparently just good for us to know. I'm so jealous. I know. So why don't you share your low? My low. Oh gosh. Um. Well, I uh, since you did a sort of personal one, I I busted my ankle. Um, oh, yes. On January 4th, I believe, uh, on a tr- going on a trail run with Iggy and uh, just didn't. At least you were exercising. Was exercising. I will say that was uh, a relief to at least have <laughs> a, a store, a good story. Right. Um, you know, I've I've in the last 12 months, I've now been to the ER three times. Um <laughs> which is probably more than my entire life. And uh, it, it's, it's one of those weird mysteries of like, am I just getting older? Did I pick up more dangerous hobbies? Um, am I just not? Oh, you've careful? definitely picked up more dangerous hobbies. I have. I mean, I mean, it, the, the first one was the, I, I broke my eye socket playing rugby. Yes. Um, and then the second one, which was so silly was I sent a chisel about an inch into my hand, trying to get a can of stain open um, that required two stitches and an x-ray. And, uh, and now this with my ankle that also, the only reason I went to an ER was because every urgent care is a COVID testing site here. So that the waits are like three hours. So I, w- I went to the ER, which was still a good bit of a wait, but they at least kind of got me through quickly. And they said, there's no, uh, no obvious break. So here's a boot for three weeks. Uh, good luck. <laughs> I was like, okay. But, um, uh, a little bit of a high on top of this low is I feel like sometimes there's something about being injured that like motivates you more to like not fall behind, So I have been going to the gym more consistently this month than I have, you know, the previous months when I was healthy. So, so there is that, I mean, all I can really do is upper body stuff and bike. So I feel kind of like Mr. Incredible, like with these little teeny legs and like this, like big, (laughs) big boulder upper body, it's just kind of weird, but, um, but yeah, so that's kind of the more personal low and, and it's the ankle is coming along. It's still pretty sore and tight, but you know, whatever this ain't a, this ain't a sports medicine podcast. So, right. um, and then ministry wise, I mean, COVID is a real bummer. It continues mm-hmm. to be, yep. um, and it's starting, you know, I feel like with, with the vaccines and, uh, at least for people who have gotten them, um, you know, with, with the, the vaccines having such an effect on the severity of COVID, I think people just aren't quite taking it as seriously. Um, you know, and then with the Omicron variant being so, uh, contagious, I feel like there's just this mentality of like, well, everyone's going to get it at some point anyway. So like, you know, kind of what are we doing? Let's just go about our business and, 
you know, take a week off when we're sick. I mean, I heard a woman in the post office yesterday when I was standing there, um, uh, you know, to, to mail something off and she, a friend of hers had come in. And so they were kind of chatting across the line and, um, well, for one thing, it was very interesting how she said, oh, we, well, we all got it and everyone in line knew what it was. Right. right. There's like, you don't even have to name it anymore. I got it, you know, or, or uh-huh. oh, my, my, that, that my grandson has it. Has it. Yeah. My grandson has it, you know, da, da, da. um, but she said, you know, that basically her whole family had gotten it. And then she said, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. I just kind of felt cruddy, you know, for a few days and gosh, I mean, it was actually kind of nice to get a week off. And I thought to myself in that moment, how sad is that, (laughs) that we live in a, in a country where to get a week off to refresh yourself, you have (laughs) to get a deadly virus that is throwing the whole world upside down. I mean, because we're so against time off, (laughs) we're so against time off. I mean, and that could have also just been kind of this woman's just like total privilege. Right. I mean, she had enough finances to be fine with taking a week off of work. She had a partner that could help carry the household while she was sick. Um, you know, she was, she had a place to be for the week. I mean, so yeah, she wasn't going to not be able to pay her rent because she didn't get paid that week. Exactly. You know? And so just, (laughs) I just, I just kind of felt like all the broken systems in our communities just started like just started going off in my head, like this alarm system. It was like white privilege. We need universal health care. <laughs> you know, all these little things were just like, ding, 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 ding. And it just like really brought me down, man. I was like, God. Well, where, and here's the, yeah, yeah. and here's the other thing I've discovered too, um, being a, a pastor with a preschool is, and I, I don't want to take away from your low. I'll just say this no, real fine. quick. Um, that one of the things we're trying to help our community understand with our tiny little school is so that mom gets COVID and then um, her child has been in our preschool. And then we get notified that that child's being pulled out. And um, depending on the situation, then that means that we have to close down that whole class Mm-hmm. for five days or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then all those kids have to be at home and then all those parents have to figure out what they're going to do. Yep. You know, um, you know, in our, in the school system where I am, they, uh, the school board here decided um, it was Thanksgiving week that they were just going to close school all of that Thanksgiving week because their teachers needed a break. Yeah. And what that meant was, which they didn't even think of, I guess, was that all those kids then um, come into our program. If they're, you know, registered with us, they come in, if they're after schoolers in our school, then that's where they come all day long. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. we have these same kids all day long instead of from 2.30 or 3 on. And then we have to find the staff to be able to do that. You know, I mean, 
you know, this is such a dangerous chain reaction that it is people aren't always thinking about. And, and it's hard to think about everyone else when you're like, okay, well now I have to entertain my toddler for a week straight and Mm -hmm. I can't go anywhere. Or, you know, I see, I see a lot of friends of mine that are having to quarantine on, on Snapchat and Instagram, you know, posting stories of like, well, we just set up a bouncy house in the living room because that's where we are now. Or, you know, like, like, and, and, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's these terrible chain reactions that just like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, when, when will it slow down? When will it stop? Mm -hmm. Or when, when will we all just kind of throw up our hands and say, all right, vaccinated folks, just go about your business. And if you get it, you get it. And hopefully you're okay. And unvaccinated people like, Mm -hmm. good luck. You know, I mean, it's just, that kind of feels like where we are now, but I mean, we canceled a big event that we were supposed to have at church this weekend because just more and more members were letting the church know I have COVID or my spouse has it, or the kids were exposed at school or, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of kids are, a lot of kids are getting it now. Yeah. It feels like this current wave is affecting younger populations. Like a lot of people my age or around my age are the ones getting it right now, um, which is pretty crazy. Uh, Our little I mean, four-year-olds I, are getting it, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, the little ones are getting it too. It's pretty wild. And, and, you know, it, it, it never really seems to make sense. You know, we have one family in our congregation, the dad got it and, you know, they have, they live in a house where he can kind of isolate, but, uh, you know, how much are you really isolating? You're all breathing the same air, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you're, you're using the same bathroom and you're eating in the same kitchen, you know, but the wife or no, or the three kids, none of them have gotten it, mm-hmm. but like you can get it from passing somebody in the grocery store. Like, it's just, it's, it's kind of mind boggling, but which is um, why, you know, but I'm, I'm seeing fewer and fewer people wearing masks in the grocery stores mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Cause everybody just like, yeah, you know, you know, I'm fine. And I think from a, from a ministry perspective, this is one of the things that I've been thinking about as we're in 2022. And of course, in a couple of months, it'll be the second anniversary of the whole COVID thing. Cause I think mm-hmm. a lot of us had, you know, I mean, I just have seared into my brain that, you know, it was like March, March 15th that we closed down our church when we realized yep. this is yeah, it. You know, we too, yeah. no Sunday, no Sunday service, no anything. Everybody leave the building. Mm-hmm. We'll be in touch with you. So, but of course, things have changed now um, because of vaccinations. Thank goodness. Yeah. Except that there's all of this stuff that continues to go on, like what we were just talking about. And I feel like the things that impact us the most in our ministry are the child care issue and the employment issue. You know, people mm-hmm. not being able to find employees is really super tough for us to find um, staff to teach. You know, we've yeah. also got to we've also got to ramp up how much we're paying them. You know, mm-hmm. if Starbucks is paying fifteen dollars an hour. You know, we can't keep paying an assistant teacher 945. Right. Yeah. You know, so there's all that kind of stuff to figure out. And, you know, kind of what I'm saying to my people and is, you know, if, if we're still in a mentality of sitting around in our sweatpants, you know, waiting for this whole thing to, to go by, mm-hmm. we got to snap out. We got to snap out of it. Oh, yeah. Because, because. we, you know. 
um, I think that's true with church and a lot of other things too. And I, mm-hmm. I just worry that just like a person could start really getting very depressed if they were just sitting around feeling like all these pressures were from the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't know what to do, uh, kind of running out of hope. I think institutions certainly can do that as well. And oh, it seems yeah. like as, you know, as religious leaders, we have to be the ones to say, come on, I'm going to kick you in the pants. Let's go. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, things are, things are never going to be 2019 again. Right. Um, remember when we used to, you know, accuse churches of trying to live in the 1950s. It's so weird of accusing people of trying to live in 2019. I know. <laughs> <laughs> things aren't the same anymore. People. Like, you think this is 2019? Get out. So, um, this is 2022. This is 2022, people. The new world, people. <laughs> That's right. Like it or not. Oh, I know. Gracious. So then how to come up with, you know, who are we now? What mm-hmm. do we do? What's some stuff that we're just not going to go back to boohoo, but you know, we're over it. Yeah. Um, although, you know, one of the things that I was saying to myself too, is that I feel like one of the things that I've discovered as well, not only in this um, pandemic season, Mm-hmm. But kind of looking back on ministry in general is that a lot of times things that seem like lows or where things are broken, what have you, can can become highs. I mean, you yeah. can, you know, you can bounce back from it. You can say, "What did we learn from this? Mm-hmm. What do we What do we need to do differently?" And then, you know, using religious language also to say, you know, what is God up to? Where's God leading us now? Yeah. Um, and boy, it just feels like it takes a lot of energy, but um, I feel like we're doing it at our place slowly, but surely, but it's, it is kind of exhausting, but yeah, people have lived I mean, through very exhausting times before. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I have, I've said this in, in council meetings a lot and in, in staff meetings and, and different things with church leadership. I've said, you know, I don't want to give the pandemic any kind of credit, but if we, if we're going to see any kind of positive come out of this, it's, it's the opportunity to evaluate and it's the opportunity to, to start over in a lot of ways. I mean, decisions that would have taken up to a year of cottage meetings and congregational votes and all of that stuff that, you know, is the baby steps, baby (laughs) steps. I mean, everything that, that makes those, how many Lutherans does it take to screw in a light bulb jokes work? Um, you know, just didn't, didn't happen. I mean, we, we changed our worship times to fit the streaming schedule. Um, before the pandemic, we were in the middle of having cottage meetings to discuss changing the worship times. And we had to like sell this idea to people. We stopped using bulletins because it wasn't, wasn't safe. You know, when, when we were very concerned with, with touch transmission, and now we just never went back to bulletins. We just project our, our service up on the wall. And again, something that would have been like pulling teeth, um, right. in, in quote, you know, uh, you know, BC before COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so there, are, you know, there are certain things like, like at Trinity, uh, for a long, long time, they were kind of known as a food voucher church. 
Um, they would, they would financially, you know, support the food vouchers at the food bank. And the first Wednesday of every month, a faithful crew would come to Trinity, set up their little table. People knew that they could come to us, get a food voucher for the food bank and then head over. Well, during COVID, the food bank realized that it was actually easier for people to just go to the food bank, get their voucher there and then shop, you know, just in one trip. So they stopped using satellite, you know, locations to pass out food vouchers. Well, this just threw Trinity for a loop because food voucher program was their primary social missions program Mm -hmm. besides kind of other one-off events throughout the year. They needed it. And so, yeah, so then it was like, okay, well, we've got this pantry full of food and you have a pastor who now has experience working with the homeless community. Um, Let's just start making food boxes and taking them directly to homeless camps, you know, kind of thing. And so, but there were people that were very upset. They thought that I had just come in and killed the food voucher program so that I could go hang out with homeless people. Oh yeah. So it's, it's been taking like multiple explanations, like, nope, food bank took away the food voucher program because they changed things up because of COVID. Now we had to readjust and, and figure out kind of how we can still be a church that feeds people. Cause that's like the reputation they want to live into, but we're doing it in a different way now. So, mm-hmm. you know, there have been these, these rebound opportunities um, which have been very interesting, but, uh, but you, but you hit a good, you hit a good point in this example, because, you know, basically, uh, part of your congregation's identity, the, who are we and how do we live out Christ's mission was tied Mm -hmm. up with that. Yep. And so, you know, it's almost like they felt like they had that part of their ministry nailed into the ground Mm -hmm. and they were proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens is you lose sight of what's the real goal here. The goal is to feed people yep. however it works, mm-hmm. not to make us feel good about ourselves because we can hand out some soup cans and then go home and have prime rib. Exactly. You know, yeah. and I know you know that, but um mm-hmm. That, that's a real challenge for congregations and maybe one of the challenges that we have in trying to move from 2019 to 2022 mm-hmm. is, you know, what are we going to, what are our goals really? And what are some things that we might have to change that we love mm-hmm. um, in order to meet the goals now? Yeah. Um, you know, like the congregation I'm in now um, has made it pretty clear um, that they will, they will uh, throw themselves on a sword before mm-hmm. they will have screens in church. <laughs> I mean, I, and I've heard that several times from people in all generations. Mm-hmm. To them, that's just the most ridiculous thing. Anyway, uh, so it's like, okay, good luck. It's next really pastor. nice when they're right. <laughs> it's really nice when it's the right stuff up there. I will say. Oh, I know. Um, well, I, I would do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, there I, are still people in our congregation that go online, download the bulletin for the week and they print it out. Like they want that in their hands. And, you know, you know, I can't blame them. I, I like having things printed out as well, but at the same time, it's like, 
our administrative costs are hundreds of dollars. It's hundreds of dollars lower because we're not buying Mm -hmm. as much paper. We're not using as much. I mean, you don't necessarily think about, you know, printing out 150 booklets basically every week, how much paper, ink, electricity that that is. I mean, it's pretty wild. Like I, I didn't realize it was making that big of a difference in our budget on our, in our like line budget, but we were able to cut our administrative costs like 50% going into wow. this next year because we just weren't, we were, we were buying paper constantly. Mm-hmm. And now we've had the same, you know, five reams of paper on our shelf for the last year. Mm-hmm. So, well, we're going to be able to say, thank you, COVID for some things. We're not ready. Yeah. We're just not ready to yet. And I don't think we mm-hmm. need to. And yeah. there's still, there's still too much that we're in the middle of. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is why I think it would be so helpful to be able to, you know, vent and brainstorm with colleagues. Yeah, for you know? sure. And that's why I think, you know, this is exactly the kind of time that we need to be doing this and need to be together. But I also think that when you you feel like you're in crisis mode, that mm-hmm. that's like not a time that you want to be with other people. You know, it's like you don't want to share the fact that only, you know, 22 people came to your worship service last week mm-hmm. and, yeah. and, sit ne- and sit next to the guy who's talking about how, you know, they had 325 and ran out of bulletins. You know, it's mm-hmm. just it's too depressing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and, you know, and uh, we're just kind of uneven in that way. Um mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we, we sure. are all in the, we are all in the same storm, but we're not quite in the same boat. And so that's a good analogy, you know, um, you know, to hear somebody talking about, you know, the, the difficulties they're having on their aircraft carrier, when you're down there in a little rowboat, you're just like, <laughs> you know, I know, don't want to do it. Don't want to <laughs> do it. Don't <laughs> Not going to do it. Going to do it. Well, I'm thinking about for my next, uh, my next uh, um, blog uh, that I do on Ponder Anew, I've got the title sitting there. All I mm-hmm. need now is content, people. So, but, but my title, <laughs> my title is uh, Blessing Booster. I was thinking about how we keep talking about the COVID booster. I'm like, yeah. how do we get a blessing booster? I may end up changing the name of it, but that's just reminding me. It's, it's sitting there. It's, it's sitting clever. there reminding me, how do I get a blessing booster? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I know an energy booster, a, a, a reminder of uh, why yeah. you're doing this. Well, I think, that's, I think that's part of what our job is every single Sunday, you know? Yeah, but who's doing that for us? That is my question. That's where I'm coming (laughs) up short. Yep. Don't want to call any, don't want to call anybody out necessarily, but you know, (laughs) and it can can be hard to to rely on, you know, venting and all those things is really great, you know, when you've got your colleagues, but then sometimes it, it just becomes like a doom fest. Like, where no, I think the, there needs to be the creative side too. Like, you well, know, yeah, but it's like, you know, by the end of it, instead of being like, all right, guys, well, so glad that your crew is doing that. We might start doing that too. And like, ah, what a great conversation. I'm totally like, I'm, I've totally been refreshed in my calling to ministry. Thanks guys. Great lunch. But it usually just becomes shit. What are, <laughs> We're all going what, down. What are we all doing? Like what? 
let's just, you know, they're paying 15 bucks an hour at Starbucks. Let's hey, uh, hey I thought about it. No. <laughs> let's pack it up. You know? right. I, I laugh hard. and say sometimes that I wish I was paid by the hour. Oh, gosh. Yeah, you especially. <laughs> Good God. This woman. It could be fun. Yeah. Well, so um, how about if we talk about a couple of highs? Okay. You first. Okay. Um, well, I think probably, um, I think some of my highs have not developed yet. Part of it is we've had a couple of challenges at my congregation, you know, we mm-hmm. had preschool director resigned and, you know, so all of that creates, creates a crisis. But I think that in the long run, it'll give us that kick in the pants to do some things that we've needed to do. But anyway, mm-hmm. but I think one of my highs was, um, of this week was the teaching workshop that I did for um, for your synod, Southeastern Synod. It was very uh, on, good. Thank you. On Monday, okay. so I had three hours of <laughs> homiletical teaching, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so yeah, I think it went well. It was pretty nerve wracking thinking about doing it, and mm-hmm. I don't know if it was worse or better on Zoom. You know, I, I couldn't even tell who all was there. Yeah. Um, but we had over 70 people who were, who mm-hmm. had zoomed in. So that was, that was pretty cool. And then, you know, getting some good comments back was, was really helpful. And, and so maybe for part of it for me was making that connection with other people and being able, even though I didn't get to talk to a lot of people individually, it's like, um, it also reminded me of some of the benefits of, of Zoom that really aren't so bad. So I'm seeing um, of the people that I could tell were there, you know, I noticed, you know, one young um, United Methodist pastor who is, is in two small Methodist congregations just down the road from where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw the Bishop of Puerto Rico Synod um, was also there mm-hmm. and some people from Wisconsin and Minnesota. And, you know, so the fact that we can, you know, reach out to each other like that was, was pretty amazing. And I thought, you know, that's a, that's a really good thing. That's something that we don't need to lose. Yeah. Um, And maybe I need to, you know, maybe I need to put together some kind of zoom community um, of other pastors, wherever they're from. You don't think that sounds good. I mean, it sounds good, but you don't need to take (laughs) on another thing. Well, I have (laughs) like, you also don't need to take on another thing that involves having to call me to walk you through. (laughs) I can (laughs) set up a Zoom meeting. Uh (laughs) I can. Can you you put people into breakout rooms? I can. Can Can you? I have done it before. Oh, look at you. Well, okay. Then I underestimate me. I go back to my original reason of you don't need to put. You don't need to create more work for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, it can also, you know, I've also, when we were talking about groups, I mean, for such a long time, um, I was the person that gathered the clergy women together, you mm-hmm. know, when nobody else did. Yeah. And I realized that at least in this center, that a lot of the women looked to me to do that. And mm-hmm. I haven't. Um, we sort of lost, kind of lost each other. Um. But anyway, so but that was one of my highs. And and speaking about um, <laughs> you know doing this uh, this teaching on preaching for um, Epiphany, that's what it was on was 
um, the Sundays in February, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at I'm looking at the the scripture text for this coming Sunday, which comes from Luke four, and mm-hmm. is of course Jesus's um, the account of Jesus going to his home synagogue and preaching. Mm-hmm. And interpreting scripture, and then um, ultimately having a conversation with folks there, and um, they want to run him out over a cliff. And mm-hmm. so, part of part of what Sounds I was familiar. Trying, yes, part of what I was uh, I was saying in our preaching workshop is that all of these epiphany stories in this season are about who is Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so I thought to myself, how many preachers on Sunday are going to be preaching about being a preacher themselves? Like, you know, I was rejected. I was run out. It's like, no, this story is not about you and your experience necessarily. Mm-hmm. Who is Jesus in this and what's going mm-hmm. What do we learn about Jesus in this? But anyway, just a uh, um, red flag out there to everybody. If you're getting ready to tell stories about um, how you were almost run off a cliff in a congregation uh, might not be the best thing to do. (laughs) Well, I'm a little bit lucky because my co-pastor preached last week and he asked me a few weeks ago, because he prepares his sermons pretty far out, if he could kind of steal this week's gospel. So um, he went into kind of preach ahead. Yeah. So he preached ahead. So he combined last week's gospel and this week's gospel um, and preached on that. So it will be a little confusing on Sunday when people hear the exact same story, mm. but um, I'm, and I probably would have gone this direction anyway, but I'm, I'm preaching on the Nehemiah text Um which is, uh, you know, the Nehemiah call story where, you know, God is calling Nehemiah to do this work. And, and Nehemiah kind of says, but I'm just a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and God's like, don't say that you're just a child, you know, kind of thing. And so kind of talking about how, well, my plan, I haven't written it yet, but m- basically we're called to do hard things. And mm-hmm. as humans, we're really good at coming up with excuses to not do those hard things like, Oh, I can't do that because I, you know, you know, I'm just a lady or, Oh, I can't do that because I'm too old or, Oh, I can't do that because no one takes me seriously. And it's like, you know, God doesn't put tasks on our plate because of like what we're necessarily good at. God puts tasks on our plate because they need to happen and God sees them something in us, um, that, you know, they know you can do this. Um, so, and then I might, you know, touch on the gospel, but I always try to kind of touch on it a little bit, even if I don't preach from it. Um, but it was kind of funny when, um, when Stan asked me if I, if he could kind of, the word steal is harsh, but I can't think of anything else. Um, when he kind of asked me, can I, can I steal the gospel for the, for the 30th? Um, and I said, yeah, sure. I don't think I'm going to be preaching on it anyway. I'm going to do one of the other texts. And he was like, uh, he just immediately assumed I would be preaching on, um, the love is patient. Love is kind. Oh, yeah. text First from Corinthians, First Corinthians. And I was like, I hate that text. It is so <laughs> overplayed. 
Yeah. Um, and then maybe we can sing Amazing Grace after it. Right. Exactly. And I'll just like, you know, hold hands and sing mm-hmm. Kumbaya. But no, so I'm going to I'm preaching Nehemiah this coming week. But um, but yeah, it is it is very easy to talk about yourself when, you know, it, it's it's kind of similar to when uh, there's that the story of Jesus losing disciples because of what he's preaching. Right. And that text came up right in the middle of a time at my church where think, you know, tensions were high people, a very small group of people, but they were really mad at me for what I was preaching mm-hmm. um, and kind of wanted to run me off or kind of looking for reasons to, to get people kind of against me and, and push me off a cliff. Mm-hmm. Um and I will yeah, not, say that, not that it doesn't happen. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I ended up not preaching on that text. It was Stan's week to preach. And, you know, the, I was, I was very impressed by his sermon that week. Um, you know, he did kind of personalize it in terms of like, mm-hmm. if Jesus is going to lose people because of his messages, what do you expect from Elise and I, you know, kind of right. like, and I think that's legit. Yeah. And it, and it matched what was going on in the congregation at the time. Like everybody mm-hmm. knew that there were people unhappy with me. Um, right. And so it kind of addressed issues going on in the church at that time. And it also showed that Stan was kind of was supporting me and, mm-hmm. you know, wasn't, wasn't turning against me, which, you know, some of the folks that were the most mad at me are mad at me because I'm a, I'm a young liberal woman and that's really it, you know? And so having, a, and that's not going to change, you know? Right. I know. And have, so having a more moderate middle-aged man say, what do you expect guys? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and it was a great example of why allies are so important um, in, in some of these issues, but, but yeah, no. So it'll be interesting to see people's reaction to, one hearing the same gospel again um two weeks in a row they're gonna think like oh man did they mess up (laughs) well did did he read the same did he read this sunday's gospel or did he read last sunday's because it's a divided story did he read last sunday's but then just preach further on no he read both Mm. yeah so it was like a 20 verse gospel yeah that's what i'm doing this sunday yeah so um yeah, so he read, yeah, pretty much the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so yeah, he basically okay. he basically just gotcha. squished them together. So, so what? So what's your high? I, uh, I I had you go first because I can't think of one really. <laughs> um, That's okay. That's what we did in confirmation. You know, yeah. share a high or low and say I don't have the other and be like okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like personal life wise, uh, you know, feeling good about uh, where things are with wedding planning. Um, I still want to marry my fiance, um, which is which is a big relief. Um, (laughs) Not that that was ever in question, honey. I love you. I know. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, no, like wedding planning is going well. Adam and I are great um pets are healthy um 
ministry wise, I will say, even though we had to cancel it, we had some really great energy going into the leadership conference for this week or meeting for this weekend. Um, it was going to be council meeting in the morning. And then we, we, we contacted kind of leaders of other ministries to come in in the afternoon. And, and we had the, these like, you know, kind of this great workshop planned and ready for really get people thinking about what's working and what's not. And right. what can, what can we push forward and do in 2022? What do we really need? You know, there's definitely been some burnout in some of our leadership. Um, you know, they feel like they don't have enough volunteers. People aren't willing to come back mm-hmm. because of COVID still. And so Ultra Guild is shorthanded and the hospitality committee is shorthanded and it's the same people on council. And, you know, everyone's, everyone that's willing to do something is doing five things. And so mm-hmm. um, I did feel really good about going into that meeting and people leaving, feeling energized. I felt like that, that was possible. And and I felt like I was kind of starting to find my voice a little bit more mm-hmm. in some of our, in some of our leadership conversations. I mean, to be well, that quite should honest, be, that should be a high. Well, that's why I'm talking about it. Okay. You can <laughs> like super identify it. No, I know. Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of being identified as I, as I, as, as you out. talk, That's but, okay. um, you know, I, I, I kind of had been feeling that way. I think part of it is, and, and I don't know if this kind of means that I really should never go after a solo call, but there are just certain parts of church administration. I don't care about, like right. I, I zone out during the meeting. Um, you know, I pay attention as much as I need to, but it's very hard for me to feel energized about the conversation. Um, because sometimes I'm just like, why are, why have we been talking about what kind of pasta we're going to serve at the congregational lunch for two hours, just cook some penne pasta and move on. You know, (laughs) it's just like, why, what are we doing here? Um, but when we're talking about like leadership and new ideas and how to best reach out to the community and how to get people fired up for our church's mission and, you know, Mm -hmm. all those kind of things, I'm like all in ready to go. And so, I kind of spoke up more in that meeting um, that our executive council had when we were planning this workshop. Um, And I didn't do that whole, like, I mean, it's just my opinion, you know, take it or leave it. I was Mm -hmm. like, Nope, this is something we need to do. And this is something that needs to be more sure of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, just kind of felt like I had uh, a bigger voice in kind of some of these decisions and, um, and things like that. So that, that was nice. Um, I did like that. And I basically told the group, I said, I'm pretty fired up. Cause this is my bread and butter. Like, this is what I'm good at. Right. right. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so, but it was, um, and it was kind of a, just a really good, like time of communication. Like no one was really confused. The ideas didn't have to be fleshed out. 15 times before everyone was on the same page. Like mm-hmm. it was just a good, it was a good meeting. It, everybody was kind of clicking and, and getting excited about things. So, right. And sometimes that just takes, that takes some time and, you know, mm-hmm. you've been there for two years and uh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. so that it's cool that you're, that you're seeing that kind of um, growth in yourself as well as in your lay mm-hmm. leaders. That's, that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. And it's a, it's a shame we had to postpone it, but I mean, we had 
um, there was a meeting at church that I, that I actually led last Thursday and 50% of the people that were at that meeting have tested positive for COVID in the last week. Wow. So it was like, yeah, we don't need to be meeting in a large group. I mean, we have half, half of our council is either going to be just done with isolation or like still kind of having symptoms. We had a bunch of leaders that had to pull out. So it's one of those. And then we have people next week getting, you know, medical procedures done that really don't need to be around a bunch of people. So it was a good call to postpone it. Um, but I am worried it's now going to be scheduled for a week that I'm a weekend that I'm going to be gone, (laughs) (laughs) which, which, um, I'm going to be gone for my bachelorette weekend. So I'm not that mad about it, but um, it does. It is something I feel like well, I. It's important for, for you to be. It's important for you to be there, though. Oh yeah, because you know I when mean, you when you miss when you miss something like that, you, you know when you miss the experience, you don't get caught up on that ever. No, no. So I no. mean, it was just it was kind of a date thrown out at the end of a conversation. Like maybe we can do it the last weekend of February, and uh, before I kind of clicked, like I'm going to be gone the last weekend of February, so nothing's been put in stone yet. So oh, I'll just that's kinda, good. I'll make sure that I'm like, I really want to be here for this and I'm not rescheduling people mm-hmm. bought plane tickets. So yeah, no, you can't, they got to, <laughs> they've got to, and they will, if you make yeah. it clear that it's important yeah. for you to be there, but yeah, that's, you know, that's a cool thing. No, um, definitely. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, I'm going to be, I'm, I got asked to, um, uh, to be a facilitator at a council retreat at a nearby church here in Lexington. Hmm. Um, so I'm wondering though, if they're contemplating, you know, calling it off because of COVID stuff, but fortunately yeah. I haven't, I haven't done any planning yet. So I hate it when I, this is one of the things I've really hated in COVID. I have planned some significant things that got called off at the last minute. Yeah. And what's interesting is when I go back and look at them now, especially those that got called off in 20, you know, March, April of 2019, they're like not even usable now. It's mm-hmm. like two years later, the stuff I was going to talk about just doesn't seem to relate. Yeah. Everything's dated now because yep. so much has happened in the last right. two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. But, you know, we can do stuff. And I I try to use like the history of the congregation where I am now as an example of it. Um, uh, Their congregation is 152 years old. So they were started in 1870. And um, back in 1917 to 1919, there were very similar things going on in our world. Well, World War I was going on. So that was Mm -hmm. huge. There was a Spanish flu pandemic, as it was called, which was going around, too. So all kinds of huge things like that. And in the midst of all that, um, our congregation decided that it needed to build a larger building. And Mm -hmm. in the midst of all of that, they um, they built this lovely facility where that they still use. And so it's uh, and there was so much energy around that so much good, you know, they got lots of kudos from the community Mm -hmm. and the wider Lutheran community for the stuff that they were doing. It was also the 400th anniversary of the reformation in 1917. And they were 
super jazzed about that, which is why they changed the name of their of their church from Luther Chapel, which is what it had always been, to Wittenberg. Wittenberg. <laughs> you know, it. so you know that's that's also a kind of a cool story to say. You know, yeah. our ancestors went through uh, similar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, but, you know, burying your head in the sand is not gonna, it's not gonna help, but it's hard to not do that. I think emotionally and spiritually sometime. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's hard too. when you're just so tired. Like, right. I think, I think, you know, something that a friend of mine, who's a pastor in North Dakota said kind of early on in the pandemic, and she's, um, she's a pastor of a multi-point parish for Mm. parishes which is just i don't think i'd ever want to do that i i don't i don't know how she does it it's pretty incredible but um you know she and i were talking and this was it was early on in the pandemic you know probably well it's early it's early looking back but at the time we were six months in and you know she said something along the lines of like you know i can't really visit people but I'm calling them, but a lot of her folks are older. They don't want to talk on the phone. Um, and so she started getting asked by her, her churches. So like, what are we, what are you doing? You know, yeah, like, what are you doing you know, all day? What are you doing all day? You know, kind of thing. And, and she kind of said, I am more tired now than I was when we were completely open all four congregations needed something from me. And she said, because there is not a minute in the day when I am not having to think through a problem caused by COVID. Like she's like, I am more, I'm more tired, but it's an emotional exhaustion Mm -hmm. more than than a physical one. Um, You know, and sometimes I, I still feel that way. You know, I might've just sat at my desk most of the day. Maybe I made two pastoral care phone calls, but I was emailing and I was thinking through worship Mm -hmm. ideas and I was brainstorming, how are we going to do VBS if we are still in partial lockdown and, you know, just kind of all these things. And you just don't always realize, even if you're just kind of sitting there and your brain is going a a mile a minute, you're still going to be tired, you know, and, and it's a different kind of tired and like, you know, uh, Yesterday I was out doing outreach with the homeless community and I was on my feet all day and it was emotionally exhausting, but not quite in the same way, but it was just like, oh, this is what being physically tired feels like mm. versus, versus the emotional exhaustion right. that, that comes along with, you know, mm. everything else. And so it's, you know, and we, you know, Stan and I will catch that from people every now, every now and then of just like, if we're not in our office at church, we must not be working, you know? So and like, that's very, we- and that's very old school, right? Yeah. Because when yeah. all, when the only way to reach the pastor was to call on the landline in the office mm-hmm. or come yeah. by mm-hmm. a different yeah. world. But the other thing that I, that I'm starting to notice more and more, not, not so much from my myself or my pastor colleagues, although I've got this too, but man, when I talk to people who are teachers or school administrators, because of um, all of the technology that we have to stay in touch, Mm -hmm. uh, I am surprised, like it would never have occurred to me um, as 
a parent with elementary school age children to call your teacher, to call your third grade teacher at home at nine o'clock at night to talk about something. Yeah. But that's what these folks are dealing with all the time. Like their self. And I'm thinking, of course, we've set up a culture where we're super available and everybody has our cell phone number and all Mm -hmm. of that. Or they mm-hmm. can find us on Facebook or they have our email address because it's published everywhere. And yeah. then we wonder why are these people bothering us. <laughs> but, you know, I have, you know, people who say, you know, I'm at the beach on vacation, you know, with my kids and my cell phone's going off with people, you know, asking me about something at school. Yeah. And I, I do think that that's a cultural thing, like, well, why don't you just have a work phone and you don't take that with you, you know? Yeah. But I think we've not figured out how to, how to set boundaries for ourselves, mm-hmm. um, emotional and physical boundaries for ourselves with all of this technology. Oh, I yeah. mean, I'm responding to emails at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and people answer me right back. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, I got a text from my preschool director at 630 yesterday morning because of a problem. And mm-hmm. I answered right back, you know, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I we, don't, we don't know how to shut it off. No, I mean, I, you do have to work harder at those boundaries now. I think especially, I mean, well, also educators and healthcare workers are just at the end of their ropes and, you know, mm-hmm. God to anyone that's still in those fields. I mean, God love you. It's just, it's just insane. But, um, you know, even, and at the, or, or at the post office, I was at the post office yesterday and the line was out the door busier than it was at any point during Christmas season or holiday season. And I got to the front desk and it was a woman that I've, you know, seen a whole bunch of times. And I was like, dang, Cindy, I was like, you're busy today. And she goes, I'm the only one here. Yeah, everyone. Same. She was like nine people have COVID. She, it was her and the mail carrier. Oh, in wow. That, in that, in that branch of the post office, yeah. like she, she was it. And so, you know, it's just kind of crazy, but, um, you know, I, for me, I definitely try pretty much around like six o'clock I'll still do certain work. Like I'll still work on my sermon or I'll work on a presentation because mm-hmm. sometimes I enjoy that. I enjoy writing. Oh, I do too. That stuff actually gives me energy. It does. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't answer my phone really after six o'clock, unless it's Stan, you know, my co-pastor or my administrator. Cause it's like, why would she call me at nine o'clock at night? Besides the church is burning down. Mm-hmm. Um, and her number is the one on our contact list. Um, you know, and I, I'll always listen to the voicemail to see like, do I need to to call this person back right away? But, you know, it is one of those things where, again, it's this old school mentality of my pastor should be available to me 24 seven. And it's going to take a couple generations for us to break that expectation. But, you know, it's, and and it's a double-edged sword. I'm kind of bouncing around now, but, you know, I want people to tell me when their mom is in the hospital or, you know, if their kid had to go to the ER, I want to know those things. I want to be able to be there for people, but at the same time, don't call me at nine o'clock on a Thursday to talk about VBS. Right. Like, I don't, I don't. And that's the, and that's the kind of thing. It's like, everything's an emergency. 
Mm-hmm. Or I'm thinking of it. So I want to call you now while I'm thinking of it, you know, instead right. of writing myself a note to say, you know, mm-hmm. remind myself to do it. And I think yeah. the technology makes that so easy, especially mm-hmm. with texting for sure. You, yeah. know, you just really feel like somehow that you can text and you're not really invading people's spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if you get this ding, ding going off and all this mm-hmm. and wonder, is this something important? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and when you're I do that to other people and, too. Yeah. And when you're OCD and you can't stand having notification bubbles on your phone that you haven't checked, and then you always check the text messages. Exactly. Not, I do that. Not, not speaking from personal experience or anything. But, <laughs> well, yeah. like, like I said, my confirmation kids with uh, name and highs and lows often, often would say, you know, I have three highs and two lows and one comment. So we've kind of done that, I, I think, with uh, naming some highs and lows and some comments. But do you have anything else that you want to <laughs> share today? No, no. I um, I think if we were if we were doing this at the beginning of a meeting, we would have had to call the meeting off. Um, so, so we we definitely definitely took it for a roll. But I guess the only thing I want to say is that to anybody listening or anything like that, I hope you're having more highs than lows. That's right. Have more highs than lows. And if you are having lows, know that um, they can often become highs um, when we are, you know, patient enough and are willing to uh, to deal with them. It's the old, um, you know, lemons to lemonade uh, takes yep. takes a lot of squeezing, you know. But um, <laughs> but I like to talk about how to turn um, challenges into opportunities and. Yeah. I think with the spirits work, we can, we can do that. And I appreciate you being my colleague group today uh, for, um, for venting and sharing. No problem, Uh, mom. (laughs) So, and hopefully other people can find folks to do that with too. And maybe you all Mm -hmm. are, maybe what I need to do is, um, you know, to be more creative about, you know, who I get together with or, you know, have to be pretty intentional about it these days. It doesn't just happen. Yeah. As you know, easy you as communication is, we're sometimes not very good at it. Right. So you can't just move into a community anymore and, and get a notice that, oh, our pastor's group meets every second Tuesday, you know, mm-hmm. at this coffee shop. It's just not that way anymore. But no. th- there's, there's other stuff happening. Exactly. And if it's not happening for you, you know, try to make it happen unless your daughter won't let you. So, you know, <laughs> you said, mom, I, don't start a women's group. It's not, it's not that I don't want you to have it. I just don't want I you, want to, you to lead it. I don't want you to lead it for God's sake. Someone else in South Carolina, please <laughs> help this I'm, person. I'm begging you, Sarah Bowers, if you're out there. <laughs> Please do this. Don't let her do this. Let this be part of your work at the Senate, Sarah. Come just on. Just invite, just invite her. Okay. <laughs> oh, enough make her is bring enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. Gracious. Well, thanks for being with us today on You're on Mute. And uh, it's good to see you, Elise, and hear you. And mm-hmm. uh, blessings, everybody, on your ministry. And uh, as we say, um, May, may your highs outweigh your lows. Absolutely. Have a great one, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Sounds good. Bye, everybody. Cue Jazzy Shimmers. Do, 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 do,